You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hello and welcome to another edition of the show where we take a wander around the week in Apple, Apple News, Reviews, Technology, Associated Products and all sorts of other things that catch our eye. This is another episode of the Essential Apple Podcast. Hello listeners and welcome to another episode of the Essential Apple. Well, this week, uh, in the wake of the Apple It's Showtime keynote, um, and having had the luxury of a few days to think about it all, I'm joined by a very special guest. Uh, I'm honoured to say that I have the very perspicacious Carolina <laughs> Milanese of Creative Strategies and Tech Pinions. Um, and we're going to have a look at what we thought was hot and not, uh, and consider why we felt like quite a lot of it didn't feel fully baked. So, uh, welcome, Carolina. It's an honour to have you on. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure. Well, thank you. Um, so, uh, I know we had Tim on. We had Tim Baharan on uh, a while ago. But for anybody who didn't listen to that, would you like to uh, explain to the listeners exactly uh, what it is you do as an industry analyst? <laughs> yeah, apparently I spend a lot of time on planes and <laughs> and attend events. Uh, in between those plane rides and, and events, I, I write about tech. I've been a, a, a consumer tech analyst for longer than I want to admit. I started out in the UK uh, with Gardner, where I spend uh, a good part of, of my career, and then um, moved to Silicon Valley in 2012. Had a couple of years of uh, experimenting with uh, consumer research at another UK company, uh, Kantar, and then uh, joined Creative Strategies. It will actually be three years this week coming um, that I joined them to do something a bit different than most uh, consumer research do, which is uh, you know bringing the knowledge that we have of of the market that we've been studying for so long, especially Tim, and then the ability to also have consumer studies. And that's what I do. I, I help companies in tech with uh, their understanding of a broader market uh, competitors. And then um, I write for tech opinions and, uh, um, and other uh, publications to try and, you know, have a little bit of, of my thoughts shared and, uh, um, especially on topics that I care a lot about, like diversity in tech and uh, education and other things. Yeah, that's excellent. Um, and I will just ask, do, are you familiar with um, Kelly Gamont at Verso? I am not, actually. No, then maybe I should put you in touch with her because she's um, she's in, involved with the App Camp for Girls. Oh, okay. Which is, um, you know, uh, focused on uh, getting... Uh, I forget what age, but young girls, they do a week where they have to uh, build an app. And, oh, nice. Uh, yeah, over, over the course of a week, they learn how to code and build an app. And uh, as a team, they work, um, they work, at, you know, they build as a team. And so she's the focus is that you can work in tech um, 
and not necessarily have to be a coder. You know, there are other yes, there are other things yes. that go with with being building a, an app. There are designers. There are absolutely graphics people. There are, uh, and so they they build an app, and then at the end of the week, they have to pitch this app to a, a kind of um, Dragon's Den team. Oh, nice. To, um, to uh, see who uh, you know they think has developed the best tool, and um, if I'm not wrong, the the winners of the week uh, get there you know, get to build their app and put it on the on the app store. That's awesome. So, I I've seen similar things with robotics, but never for apps. That is great. Yep. Well, um after the show I'll send you a email address and um I'll uh I'll let her know. Anyway, be great. that as it may. Yeah, be that as it may. Uh, I think you get on with her. She's a bit of a um, ball of lightning, but uh, <laughs> she's great. She's we great like fun. We like those women. We yeah. like those women. She's, yes. she's great fun. When she comes on the show, Mark always says, well, I love it when Kelly comes on. We just uh, ask her what she thinks and then let her talk for an hour and a half and then, <laughs> then we sign off. <laughs> no, she's uh, she's a very interesting woman. Very, very fun. Um, okay. Well, obviously, of course... This week, um, Apple had their Showtime keynote on uh, Monday uh, evening here, morning for uh, those of you in Silicon Valley, of course, um, where they released, uh, was it, Apple News Plus, the Apple Arcade, the Apple Card, uh, credit card, and Apple TV Plus, and also um, touted their original content yet to come. Um, You, of course, wrote a piece for Tech Opinions um, about that, as did, I believe, uh, Bob and Tim and Ben and uh, yeah, everybody did this week. There was so much to say. <laughs> there was so much stuff. Um, and I've got a link here actually um, from uh, Elmer DeWitt, Apple 3, uh, which says uh, mm-hmm. what the indie analysts are saying, which was kind of a roundup of what everybody thought. So uh, anybody listening, if you want to follow uh, that link, you can find out what everybody had to say. So, um, I guess we should just start at the start, really, Carolina. Um, News Plus, what was your take on that one? I, You know, given their acquisition of Texture about a year ago, we know something was coming sooner or later uh, that concerned magazines. Apple obviously tried to do magazines before with Newsstand, uh, where um, it was of a slightly at the beginning of of the iPad, and and things didn't go very well. Um, you know, sometime in the market, you just start too early, and I think that at the time, um, just the the magazine and and the paper industry was in in a different stage uh, of moving to digital and and trying different things with digital. But having played with the app over the course of the week, I have to say that it does feel not quite ready yet. It feels more like a beta uh, than a full released app. And and what I mean by it is that obviously for $9.99, having access to 300 plus uh, magazine plus the Washington Post and DLA Times here, and there are other uh, collaborations that Apple is closing with different countries. So uh, I believe in Canada, is, for instance, the Star. Um, so y- you have a lot of of content. If you think how much a magazine costs, just a single issue, obviously justifying nine ninety nine a month is is not very hard. But when you look at the quality of some of the magazines, the one that they highlighted, like the New Yorker, for instance, are awesome. The the, the design is really uh, draws you in and it wants you to read more. But there are a lot of magazines that are not actually um, 
design with a digital experience in mind and you find yourself free, you know flipping through the pages the same way as you would a real magazine um and that the experience lets you down a little bit. The hope is that for the big titles, obviously, um, Apple will put uh, tools available and, and um, magazine owners will realize that the more they design for that digital experience, the more engagement they're going to they're gonna have. But at the end of the day, you always will find some magazines. I don't know. We have bull mastiffs in the house. So, you know, if I get the bull mastiffs weekly, I doubt that they'll put much effort because they just can't justify um, the, the spend in, in making their, their publication. Um, and I made it up, so I don't know, and I don't want to speak for them. But, you know, the point being, if you're a small um, uh, magazine, you're not going to just have the, the the money to have a team design and, and put all the effort for every issue that you, you publish. So it'd be interesting to see what consumers are going to feel like uh, after their first month trial and, you know, starting a lot, a lot of people just forget about it and they realize, you know, six, seven months in that they're still paying nine ninety nine and didn't know about it. But, um, you know, it'd be interesting to see how many will subscribe to it or if some people will, you know, wait a little bit and see how much work, uh, Apple is going to put into it to make it a bit smoother as an experience, especially search. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously at the moment, because I'm in the UK um, and it's only available in um, the US and Canada at the moment, I, I can't check it out. Um, I have to say uh, that as a value proposition, $9.99, and of course they do have the fact that you can share that with your family. So That's right. So you don't have to yeah, have one. Yeah, that's huge. With, that's, a, that's a big thing because... Uh, for example, if I was to subscribe to such a service, I would be able to, you know, let my daughters choose whatever magazines they wanted to uh, subscribe to, etc. So that that was a big thing. I think that was that was uh, that was a nice touch. Um, yeah. In comparison, um, however, there's already a service called Readly, um, Readly dot com, um, who for basically the same price, um, it's. Seven ninety nine a month in the UK, and that has access to nearly four thousand magazines. Wow. And um, I mean, if you go to their site, you know they've got Autocar, they've got T uh, three, they've got Hello, they have Cosmopolitan, Good Housekeeping, Woman's Health, and you know nearly four thousand titles. So um, I think Apple have got some work to do there um, to convince people. I mean, I know. The one thing that Apple have, of course, is the power of default. And, right. you know, as Oprah said, you know, a billion pockets, y'all. Um, <laughs> and if you listen to the cult cast, uh, Earthon jokingly said, I'm suing Oprah for that. He's, she's stolen my Tim Cook impression. Um, so th there's that. And although, um, as you were saying, the work to, to put something on there for a smaller publication could be strenuous, which I think is probably why Apple have allowed also PDF magazines. Right. Because if you're um, a smaller, you know, publisher, you, you could still sign up and just have your magazine presented as a PDF. Um, and at the minute, several of the people I know, um, you know, who've uh, in the Slack room, for example, uh, have said that actually at the moment, although the Apple magazine format is nice, um, 
sometimes the PDF magazines are better because they retain the feel of the original. Um, mm. And some of the ones done in Apple format feel like they've just been done from a template and become a bit samey. So more work to do there, I think. Um, and I think, you know, the Readly, the Readly thing, which is available, um, I'm not sure in how many countries, but a lot of countries, uh, certainly in Europe. I think you can get it pretty much everywhere in Europe. So, uh, and obviously with no doubt, um, regionalized magazines. So that's, you know, I think that's a, that's a big hurdle to overcome at the moment. Um, I, I know how Apple are though, you know, they will grow this, I'm sure, but will, my other thought is, you know, are enough people committed to magazines? Um, that I think is the bigger question because I think a lot of people that read magazine actually like real magazines. It's a bit different than papers um, because it, it, just what you do, right? You, you read papers to get news. And so you are looking for usually something specific. It's not entertainment. It's not, you know, although obviously reading magazine is educational too, but you have a different mindset to it. And so the idea of, of like for a lot of people, books still, you know, you, you want to touch something physical um, and uh, and the glossy paper and, you know, the, a lot of the, the magazines that are around fashion and, and um, uh, clothing, all that kind of stuff have, um, you know, uh, perfume samples in them. You know, there's there's a whole lot of level that you get from a magazine when you have a physical copy of it uh, versus a digital one. So I think uh, you do find very strong sentiment the same way as people do with book. It's funny, I was talking to my husband about, you know, are we subscribing, are we not? And he's one of those people who's like, I cannot read a magazine that is not made of paper. Um, and he's adamant about it. And he, you know, he buys all, he's also one of those people that buy real books. But, um, you know, it, it's interesting that you get into that very personal and, and uh, emotional uh, conversation where where things like this uh, get, get involved. So uh, it'd be interesting, but definitely this feels very much like a Gen 1, and we'll have to see how much effort Apple. It reminded me, you know, at the beginning when iPad came out, that we had the 2X apps, yes. and you had some that were optimized for iPad that were great, and then it was like, oh, okay, I just blow this one up till they're going to. That's very much how, how it feels today. Yeah. Um, obviously, as I say, I can't experience it firsthand, but um, the other me. Yeah, no, I, I, oh, I do. I do. The other, the other thing, of course, about magazines, as you were saying, about people who like to um, have a physical copy, is particularly with hobbyist magazines. Um, yes. You know, cars or cars. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I don't know games, uh, whatever. People like to collect them. Yes. You know, there are people who have collections of I don't know, auto car or practical classics or I don't know, you know, uh, horse and hound that go back decades. Um, and the one thing you, you can't really do with a digital copy, I don't think, is, you know, you cannot have that shelf full of magazines and go back and, and pull out, yes, well, in 1976, you know, this this is the state of the hobby. Um, yeah. There we go. Um, well, we'll move on, I think. Uh, Apple Arcade. Now, this was a different kettle of fish altogether, really, because it's iOS specific, isn't it? Mm -hmm. um, it is. 
I kind of liked the idea. Um, of course, they haven't announced a price for this. They're saying it will have um, exclusive games without in-app purchases or advertising, um, and it will be iOS-specific. My big thing about that is, again, are enough people committed to iOS games to want to pay a monthly subscription? I don't know. Hard to tell. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because you, you, we are of a time when um, more and more people are getting used to play, especially the big names, across platforms. And I'm not a gamer myself, but I have an 11-year-old uh, who was totally a gamer and uh, the ability that she has to play Fortnite on her iPad as well as on her Surface as well as on Xbox and is one account one experience is the same game that she loves with different things because she you know obviously games don't are not all the same as far as what uh, what you get on on the platform but is the same game and she carries her friends with her wherever platform she's on and it doesn't matter uh is about the game not what she's using to play and that's more and more what um, the the big names are doing but what I liked about Arcade, which is not a response to uh, what Google did with Stadia. So, you know, there's we're also at a time where everybody's talking about streaming uh, versus consoles and, and on-device gaming. And this is not what um, Arcade is about. What I liked about it is the idea that there are very good publishers and app developers out there that put out great content but finding uh finding it hard to sustain that quality uh throughout the life of the game because they want to bring out games that are more like storytelling type games where you don't continuously uh pay money for you know, levels or cheats or skins. And and they actually design for the pleasure that the game itself brings. So is is a self-contained experience. And it's hard to make money when you do that because, you know, you, you're selling your game initially and then you don't have where to monetize throughout like the other guys do, either through advertising or in our purchase. And, and that's what I like about the idea um, that Apple has come up with of uh, working with this kind of, of uh, developers and bringing out a subscription that focuses around these games. Now, they didn't give official um, explanation of how, well, first of all, how much we're going to pay, but then uh, how that revenue is going to be shared. But there were... Um, people discussing the fact that the revenue among the games in the subscription would be shared based on how much time you actually engage with the game. Um, and so it's proportional. You get as much money as I spend time playing. And so you then wonder if the game is going to be designed with every mind that not just to keep me entertained and keep me on, but to make it so that I spend more time on the game, um, which is a different way of um, enticing, if you like, your your audience and, and bring some, um, you know, some challenges. But I like the idea of having a place, especially for younger 
um, players where they are not targeted by advertising and, um, you know, they're not constantly monetized on. So I, I like that idea. Yeah, I, I'll agree with you there. I think that there's a potential for it to uh, become something that people are happy to pay for for their, for their children. Um, if you could get, you know, there are games like uh, Water and Water 2. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that one. Um, but it, it would be nice to have games that particularly younger children could be, you know, uh, let loose on without yeah. without fear of them getting, oh, just buy this bundle of goo berries for $99 <laughs> or whatever it is. Yes. You know, the, the famous Smurfs $99 wheelbarrow, you know. Um, so that, that could be a selling point for sure. Um, I, the other thing is, of course, most of these things, they didn't announce any pricing. And yeah. I've, I've got a little bit of a theory about that to some extent. Partly, uh, I suspect these services are not 100% ready. Um, and in, in some ways, announcing things before they're ready is dangerous. Uh, CF Airpower, RIP. Um, but I, I wonder if, in some respects, this isn't a sort of um, market research feeler because <laughs> everybody's out there talking about it and Apple could actually develop quite a lot of feedback about, about what people want or think they want and how much they think they're prepared to pay. Um, as I said to you, you know, on, on, on Twitter, if if the general zeitgeist, you know, across the web is arcade is nice, but I wouldn't pay more than $5 a month, uh-huh. you know, Apple could get a feel for that and not bother trying to launch it at $10 a month. Um what do you think about that? Do you think that's a possibility? Yeah, I, I, so there's one side of me that always thinks Apple does whatever they want to do, right? <laughs> yeah. And and so they have something in mind. But they are getting in a new territory. You know, they're, uh, as much as Tim, spent, Tim Cook spent time on stage uh, explaining to people that obviously Apple is not new to services per se, Um there are things that are do they're doing differently, and so I I do think that um, they're also a very different company than they used to be. So I do think that they listen um, more than they used to. I think the other part is that uh, some of their competing services, uh, even if they are different in nature, but a lot of consumers will think about it as far as where I'm putting my money, right? Where do I decide I have X amount of disposable income? Where do I put it? Um, are yet to be announced. So Google Stadia that I mentioned earlier, we don't know how much that is going to cost. No, so I, I think that's the other part is is seeing what else is going to be out there um, that uh, in a way is competing with uh, um, with with money. And of course, um, the other part is studies Google. So if you have an iOS device, we don't know yet how that is going to. No, work. that was that was um, that was quite interesting. That because they said it, you know, it works via Chrome, so it works with the Chromecast yeah. and the Chrome OS and the Chrome browser. And then I read stories which said even on iOS, it won't work with um, you know, even if you use the Chrome browser. But then browser, yeah. I, I I read other stories which kind of contradicted that and said that Google basically was saying we haven't yet got it working on iOS. Yeah. Um, strange I... but that's the nature of google though right so they, they are multi-platform they, they don't you know when it when it's about services 
is getting as many users as they possibly can. So um, I'd be surprised if they don't find a way to make it work on uh, on iOS. You know, there is a different principle than the conversation that I'm sure we'll have shortly about uh, Apple uh, TV and, and not being available on uh, on Android yet. Yet. Yes, I was going to say, I, um, yes, you mentioned that in your piece and we will talk about Actually, shall we skip forward to that? We'll leave the Apple card yeah. and go forward to the, the TV Plus thing, which um, I'll be honest, I found the most boring part of the... <laughs> presentation <laughs> it kind of dragged on a bit it went on for a bit yeah yeah and um yeah they had all these you know they were rolling out all these stars to come and talk and uh i can't remember was it was it on tech pinions was it you and um uh, ben saying that that presentation wasn't really for us the consumers it was pitched to hollywood uh, somebody mentioned that it wasn't my piece but yeah i i think it was i think it was uh, both Hollywood and uh, and investors, because um, well, personally, I found it extremely entertaining because a lot of people that I I like and admire were on stage, um, and I also happened to be in the wrong place at the right time. Afterwards, um, there were more stars that actually were on stage. And they all came out at once. And and uh, I was talking to uh, Richard Waters at the Financial Times. So I was busy working and all these stars came out. And I felt all of a sudden like a 15-year-old because Chris Evans, Captain America, was just right, walk <laughs> right past me. And I said sorry to Richard. And I did my like inside little scream of a 15-year-old. <laughs> Um, so there were big names there and a lot of them. Um, Octavia Spencer was there, obviously the ones that you, you saw on stage. Um, Tim Robbins was there and uh, Apple released the picture of all the people that they were working with. And, and uh, if not all, um, like 90% of those people were on campus and they had a party afterwards and all of that. Um, so it was entertaining in that respect, but it felt that they were trying to convince, first of all, you know, Wall Street that they are in this in a serious way. And then Hollywood in as much as showing the talent that they have already been able to, um, you know, to take on and, and work with. And I and I think that's important. And in a way, that's <laughs> that was the best promise that we got as far as the content, because we didn't, like you said, we didn't see a great deal of what's coming. Um, and so, you know, we, you trust that the people that they have working with them will bring out content that you're going to like. And there's a little bit of for everybody, because I had a it's funny, you you, you kind of go, uh, you walk around Silicon Valley and, and everybody is, is into tech. And I mean, not people that work for tech, but, you know, I went to my pet store and I, I found myself discussing for 15 minutes <laughs> with the guy <laughs> who runs the pet store who used to be in entertainment. Um, and uh, he had his ideas and he was like, well... You know, some of the people, nobody cares about, if you're thinking millennials and Gen Z, they don't care about Spielberg. They don't even know who Spielberg is. Um, they should have had somebody, you know, a bit more uh, contemporary and a bit 
kind of hot now, like Lin-Manuel Miranda, you know, Hamilton. And I was like, well, yeah, but if you actually look, they they do. They have actually uh, one of the cast uh, on uh, on was there and, and kind of part of the people that were working. But in the list that they showed, there was a slide with all the names of people that they're working with. Spike Lee was on there. You know, they, they have a, really a little bit of... Uh, uh, different topics, different genre, different ages, a little bit for everyone. Um, but we still have uh, not a lot of detail of, you know, how much we're going to pay for it and when it's coming, how much content. That was the other thing for me. It felt very fluffy. You know, it was all, um, it, it's not coming yet, but when it does, it will be amazing. And uh, you're going to love it. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah, you're going to love it. Um, but we can't tell you when or how much or what or, or much of anything else, really. Uh, the we one did thing learn, though, that is different, right? So I, I think one part for me that was interesting was the fact that leading up to it, uh, pretty much everybody was thinking about it in like a Netflix kind mm. of way. So, you know, it's one place where you go and you have a collection uh, the same way as you do with Netflix, and it's not. So you you have two parts of the service. You have um, the TV app that is being redesigned, and then you have uh, the TV Plus, which is their own content. So in a way, you have Apple as an aggregator, yeah, where very you much go so. in, right? You go in and you subscribe to whatever content you want. And then as part of that, whatever content you want, you have Apple content. And so that's very different than what Netflix is, because Netflix is, is a one-stop shop where, you know, is the, the library that they built and their content. And so it is, I think about it in a different way, which is going to make it for consumers not like an either or, because it's not like that. You can drop Netflix and just get, TV plus and think that you have parity because you wouldn't, you won't have that. No. And so it's going to be a question of, okay, so do I, you know, I keep Netflix is the Apple um, TV plus worth it for me. And that will depend on the content, um, which we haven't seen in great details. Mm. Uh, so it is, at least we got that, I think, clearer in our mind as far as the role that Apple wants to play. And of course, it, it it did intrigue me, but yes, you know, how much is it going to cost? Uh, it, it's already a crowded market. Obviously, you've got, um, you know, you've got Netflix, you've got Amazon Prime Video, you've got um, you know, Hulu and Roku and all these other people. I suppose the one thing that that, that does give you is probably some kind of gauge of how much it's going to cost because, you know, here, you know, satellite TV services here in the UK or cable in the US or Netflix or Amazon Prime... We know what sort of money those yeah. come out. We know what you're likely to have to lay down. And I, the Apple TV Plus is probably going to fall in the same bracket because that's just how it has to be. You can't... It would, I, I agree with it you. It would be very I, difficult totally. to launch Apple TV Plus and charge double what everybody else is charging because yeah. it just won't fly. Um, yeah. Of course, there's also quite a lot of talk around some of the content being free if you have Apple... Um, you know, if you products. have Apple, Apple yeah. products, uh, again, no mention of that. So it's all very, all very vague, I have to admit. Um, and of course, the other thing was, 
we were talking, um, yes, it's going to be on certain smart TVs, uh, Samsung mm-hmm. and a um, couple of other LG. big brands. Yeah, yeah, LG, a couple of other big brands. Um, it's, did they say it was going on Hulu? Uh, no, no. Hulu is working with them for the aggregation part. No, it's going on Roku. Ah, Roku, Roku. It's going on Roku and uh, some other, a few other places at least at the moment. So it's not purely on Apple devices. Correct. But as it, they didn't mention Windows and they didn't no. mention Android. Now, this is something you've talked about and you've written about, and I agree with you 100%, actually. it's It feels very much like iTunes at the start, in that iTunes was Apple only to begin with and then expanded out. And I'm, I'm in agreement with you that... It, why would you try and pitch it at the moment to Android or Windows or wherever when at the moment you've got nothing hard? You've got nothing concrete. That's right. That's um, right. And they're an audience who are, if not actively hostile to Apple, they're certainly not um, Apple followers. As receptive, and yes. And they're certainly <laughs> not as receptive as, as Apple users might be to, you know, Apple users might be... Uh, you know, jazzed by this and and think, right, this is something to look forward to, something that we're interested in. I think most Android or even Windows users at the moment would be and. Because there there are alternatives. You know, it's yeah. not a question of of um, not liking or, or liking Apple. It's the fact that you know, from a Windows user perspective, it's like, okay, I you know, I'm I already subscribed to Netflix or already subscribed to Hulu. I already have cable, whatever it is, right? There, nobody's out there screaming. We need an average streaming service, no. and and that's what Apple is is facing. But I do think that you know, if they're thinking about rolling out, the reality is that a lot of people don't watch uh, this kind of content on their TVs only, right? And no. so, uh, if they want to be successful, they need to get into as many. Uh, households in as many devices as as they can, and I think that parent first going Windows makes a lot of sense. Um, too, just yeah. because a lot of iPhone owners have a PC is as simple as that. And so if you're paying for a service, why don't you you know you you will want to ap- appreciate that service wherever you want because you do that today with Netflix. And those are, you know, that's definitely something that from from a consumer perspective, you will be comparing. It's like, where can I watch this thing? Right. And and if it starts to be only on Apple devices, it, it is restricted because not everybody has an iPhone, an iPad and a Mac. Right. No, and so you Apple start thinking in the whole, you know, correct ecosystem. So. So, yeah, so I think that that Windows makes a, a lot of sense. And then, you know, over time, um, yeah, why not Android? But you need to have, you know, they have to have a very compelling content to go and then say, hey, you know, whatever is the next Game of Thrones. And it comes out and it's huge. And then the Android people's like, yeah, I want to see that. I want to whatever. Um, but you can't go out now when you have no price, no content, and you're basically going, going to people and say, trust me, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Why? <laughs> you know, well, you, you can't even buy it, right? So there's no point. Yeah, precisely. And um, 
this is not really a dig, but um, if you're a Windows user, um, trust me, it will be awesome, is something uh, they've heard from Microsoft <laughs> multiple times um, and been let down. So I think a lot of Windows users are a bit shy of, trust me, it will be brilliant. Um, yeah, so I, I agreed with you on that. I just think that that's, it's too early. I mean, yeah. it's almost too early to be announcing it to, you know, to Apple <laughs> followers, to be honest. That was almost a teaser in some yeah, respects. It's it coming a... in the fall is the one that we have to wait the longest for because yeah. uh, everything else is coming before that. You know, Apple Card is coming in May and then there's Arcade, um, which I'm sure will come after WWDC just because yes. that is probably the only one that has a, a, a developer component. And then, uh, um, at any in the fall, we'll 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 have the Apple TV Plus. Yes. Um, and interestingly, of course, if it comes in the fall, it could come. You know, often Apple have a September October event, mm-hmm. so it, it it could follow some you know additional hardware release. Um, Possibly, but it also follows the content schedule it you know does. that fall, fall is all you know always when you get like siri either starting or or coming back yeah. uh, and then you get into that cycle so the, as you can say you know the fall is very much uh almost like the academic year that's when the, right that's when the you know the hollywood machine rolls into you know semester one as it were yeah so um yeah that's a, it's something I'd, I'm interesting to interested to follow. Because the other thing with that is they are promising that you know to not be US only. You know, but they say a hundred yeah. plus countries. Yeah. Um, which is which good. I think makes a lot of sense because you know if you're going into TVs as well as uh, Apple devices, that's easier. And then the other thing that you have, uh, I think, with content, as you know, many shows have proven, is that it is a multi cultural and multi-country um, phenomena. And with, with uh, video, you know, you have dubbing and subtitles. Um, and most countries do subtitles. There are some countries like, you know, my home country in Italy and Spain, they, they still do everything is dubbed, <laughs> which is obviously a lot of work, but also keeps a lot of people employed in Italy. Um, but, um, you know, the is easier to do a show in English and then put subtitles in. So much more than not, for instance, with music, where local content is much more important. And so you've seen a bit of a different rollout when it came to Apple Music. That was something I was going to bring up. Although, you know, on stage, it was very US-centric. Um, I think that, again, refers back to the way that they were probably talking to Hollywood more than yeah. us. But um, now, if you go on, one thing that Netflix does have is it does have a lot of European films in, yes. here in Europe. You know, yep. you'll get Danish films and Spanish films. Even here. And, yeah. Um, in fact, one of my only gripes about Netflix is quite often they will say something's in English. And uh, uh, there was a film I, I kept coming across, I don't know, something Viking, Viking saga or something. And I thought, that sounds really interesting. And it's in Norwegian. Um, oh. it, it has <laughs> some... your Norwegian is not so good. <laughs> yeah, my Norwegian, I'm afraid I only speak English and profane. Um, the... <laughs> the um, 
I mean, it's 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 subtitled, and I will get round yeah. to watching it. But quite often, what happens, you know, at, at sort of half ten at night, you think I'm looking for a film to fill in the rest of the evening, and yeah, you select and it, and then it's like, oh, I, it's too much like hard work at eleven o'clock at night to be reading uh, Norwegian, you know, in subtitled films. But um, that is, you know, that is something that I think if they roll out, you know, to a hundred, hundred and fifty countries, they are going to need to um, bring on board regional. Yeah. Uh, producers but again that's something that they can do with time and those things work with time because a lot of people aren't prepared to commit until that you know they can see that it's actually worth committing to if apple tv flops in i don't know italy or germany or wherever why why would german or italian producers bother to put their content on there yeah and i think the other part because there's you know there were people questioning the money uh, that is going to go into all of this and you know how much uh having those big stars is going to cost them and uh, to continue to produce content because you can't do like four series in a year you know yeah. people can continue to expect content throughout and and my hope is that in in a bit you know apple style they've done that with with music quite a bit is that they'll go and work also with people that we never heard of. Uh, and that's where maybe, you know, some of that local component is going to come on as well, um, because it is not just about the big names. You know, content is good content. And is there was a bit of a controversy, the fact that Steven Spielberg was on stage at Apple after uh, he was uh, talking uh, poorly about Netflix and how Netflix is not Hollywood. And, yeah. and uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, which is ironic, of course. Um, but the, the idea is that, is that you're going to help bring on content that is great content and, you know, some of the Netflix and, and Amazon content is like that. You don't have the big name uh, either as actors or um, directors and producers uh, and, uh, you know, and, and the content is fabulous. So I, I think I'm hoping that that's also what they want to do and, and help, um, you know, bring on and um, and highlight new talent. Yeah, because that obviously that was part of their pitch, wasn't it? You know, the, the home of fabulous storytelling. So yeah, um, and that is one thing that Netflix I do I do appreciate on on Netflix because you come across original content, Netflix content, which you know is from people you've never heard of, contains nobody you recognise, and yeah, they're amazing series. So uh, we'll have to see where that goes. Really, um, right? Well. The Apple, uh, of course, there's the Apple card. Let's backtrack to the Apple card. Um, slightly surprised by that, even though there'd been rumours, you know, swirling for some time about that. Um, I'm not really sure what I feel about that. Uh, <laughs> it, well, it, you know, it, it, it came across as we're going to completely, you know, uh, disrupt the, the mm -hmm. credit card market. And it had some nice features. It had some nice features to think, you know, the ability to pay more than once a month and do all these other things. Um, a lot of that was nice, but also, again, I felt a lot of that referred to the American experience. Um, mm -hmm. I feel here in Europe, the, the way credit cards behave is somewhat different. Um, yeah. And we have a lot of cards here that will give you cash back or rewards or discounts or whatever. So although um, 
there are a lot of people i've heard a lot of people saying i want that card even if i never use it i just want it because i want to have the titanium thing in my yes. wallet <laughs> somebody said i i'll put it on a string and wear it round my neck like a name tag <laughs> because my name is because my name is etched on it <laughs> in titanium but um yeah i not being a you you know in the us i i don't know how that compares um it- it is actually quite interesting because the experience you, you're absolutely right but uh, that Europe and the US are two different markets when it comes to banking in general um i mean here it does feel not just you know some people were were talking about the outrageous interest rates that credit cards have and you know apple has a range that is similar to others, but what they were talking about was that you will give it a, um, a rate, an interest rate that is linked to you and, and what your credit score is. And so if you have a good credit score, your interest rate will, will be low versus, you know, everybody gets the same kind of thing. Um, but what was interesting to me was how they started that conversation, which was around Apple Pay and how the US is still trailing. And and it's not because of something that Apple is doing wrong, but because the, the whole country is stealing the boonies when it comes <laughs> yeah. to uh, to financial services. That is, and that you is see, true. I mean, um... it, it, I mean, you know, as a European, and I, I was using contentless card in, in the UK when I left. And, you know, it took forever for, you know, to, to get chip and pin, which has got chip and pin two years ago. I mean, come on, people. Yeah, this that is was the a... state of the US. And that was... Um... That's the thing that's come up on this show before when we've had, you know, Americans and Europeans on at the same time. Um, and one of the reasons that Apple Pay seems to have become, you know, a, a big thing with a lot of Americans is, you know, compared to the mess that appears to be your debit card. Absolutely. System. And, and us as Europeans are like, what do you mean you're still swiping and signing for something? It's like, get out of the dark ages. Absolutely. here. Yeah. I mean, really. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I, I, I think probably. You pay a fortune for because your bank is charging you for checks. I mean, we, uh, yeah. Uh, here, yeah, here in the Europe, I mean, almost nobody uses a check. About the only things checks get used for are occasionally big transactions between companies. It's, right. There we go. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a sad state of affairs when when it comes to uh, to banking here. So I think that there's definitely an appeal in, in the US for sure. I There were a few things that I liked and we got more details of how the card works um, during the week, um, a, a couple of reporters were briefed and given a little bit more um, detail on on the card. And um, um, uh, Panzerino at TechCrunch wrote a, a, a first piece around it. And the the interesting part was how the physical uh, card works, because the card, aside from being called to be worn around the neck, apparently for some, um, and have name the name is the only thing you have on the card and then all the other information is on your iphone uh which uh makes it encrypted and secure and also gives you the the option to change your card number um after a transaction so say you are paying online um with uh, um 
a retailer that you've not used before and the retailer doesn't accept Apple Pay. So you're using the card that is uh, the number that is associated with your physical card. Well, after you've done your trans transaction, you can change that card, um, you as a user. Um, so it, a new number will be generated so that that card cannot be used in a fraudulent way. And I think that's brilliant. Yeah, um, that, that, is, that is really nice, isn't it? That's, that's very yeah. clever. And, and, and it's clever. The other part that I thought was extremely clever, if you are prepared to put all your finances on that card, is basically that they're doing all your management for you. And so looking at transaction and, and you know, being somebody who travels a lot, I do get that, um, you know, when I when I pay for, I don't know, like a, a taxi or whatever, they have obscure names. And, and as you're like, what? So what day was that? Was I in Chicago that day or no? Was I in San Diego? You know, and you don't know. And so having the ability uh, to actually see the location and actually you have a map. Um, pinpoint to it and have a proper name versus a gobbledygoo of whatever the the code for that retailer is makes um, keeping track of your finances and also spot things that you didn't do much easier because you you know if Tiffany comes up in my receipt <laughs> I know it wasn't me <laughs> yeah. so you know that that's interesting yeah. So the other part that people were complaining about was, and, and I, I'm curious because I don't remember this in the UK. How many people do you think in the UK have one card for multiple multiple people? Because this was a big no-no apparently on on the Apple Card that they only do one card to one people, which to me was like, duh, of course, because the information is on your phone. So how would you otherwise be able to manage multiple mm. people? But it never occurred to me that you would share a card. Um, but apparently in the US, that's a common practice. I don't remember that from the, from Europe. Well, here in the UK, you can do that. Um, people people do do that. It's not fantastically common, but quite yeah, often... That's what, okay. Quite often a married couple might have um, yeah, you know, one... a whole day credit card and then you kind of can attach a sub card so mm -hmm. it's yes. the, it's the same account so that you know you can carry one and then your spouse can carry a card and they're they're tied yeah. to the same account so it, it's more of a duplicate card and and then it's simply you know for the um convenience of only having one account you know the, one account yeah yes. the mr and yeah. mrs such and such account or whatever let's not be um you know yeah. non-diverse here um a yeah. couple of whatever yes may wish to have one credit card account and i won't say it's fantastically common but people do do it it's not yeah. it's not frowned upon um in the same way as my wife and i have a joint account and we both have we have separate debit cards but they right. both that's they both what we draw. had when we were in the uk yeah, yeah and, the, and they both draw on the same account so um, right but yeah credit credit cards um the other reason people would sometimes do that in in this country is People will have a credit card and then they will have a sub card, say, for, um, you know, an older teenage child. Right. Who maybe doesn't have any credit history or can't get credit. And yeah. that and that card usually can then be capped in certain ways. You could say, OK, yeah. well, the maximum spend that they can have per month is this and no no, no more than that, etc. Yeah. Um, so they can't. That is actually and... something that I'm still waiting for Apple to do. 
mm. um, having the ability to do. I I thought they were always almost getting there with the the Apple Cash, um, but they didn't. The ability to um, mostly, to be honest with you, with for games and other transactions, yes. small transactions like that. Now, obviously, they give you the ability to put one card to the account you have and then give permission or not to to charge on that card to the child but i think there's i don't know there's a teaching uh that i see in having a kid have the ability to manage their own finances in a in a restricted way if you like mm. um that i wish they force about but we're not quite there yet because no. obviously there are lots of limitations as far as age and 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 all of it yeah right well uh well we've covered pretty much that i think carolina uh tell you what where time's ticking on so uh shall we just do a couple of other quick ones grab a cup of yeah. coffee and then run over the other stories uh air power of course got oh. cancelled oh. <laughs> uh air power got cancelled i have to say um personally that didn't really surprise me uh john gruber has been going on for months that he's been hearing you know rumors that uh, yep. air power is uh, 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 um the story is that because of the multiple coil uh tech you know structure mm-hmm. they couldn't manage the the thermal output correctly and somebody who may be now in hot water i suspect perhaps heated up by chucking a load of air <laughs> air power mats <laughs> in the bottom of the kettle um convinced you know the apple hierarchy that they could fix this problem and uh a lot of engineers have said effectively there was no way it was ever going to be fixed you can't beat the rules of physics mm-hmm. um it so it wasn't a big surprise to me in fact it, in some ways it was surprised that it dragged out so long um to the point where the new airpods actually state on the box that yes. they are compatible yes um but I, I think this is probably kind of the the Apple at its best as far as obviously they could have put something out that had the coils uh, placed in a specific point yeah. of the map, right? Because we have that. Um, actually, uh, Samsung was uh, Samsung um, social account, Twitter account was uh, was on on it the other day because I, yeah. I posted a picture yeah, of we, um, we don't my... we don't discriminate there's a picture of a <laughs> samsung mat and there was oh, a... oh that yeah but but i posted a picture after the announcement of the of the uh, hair power being cancelled on my dog looking particularly yes, sad yes and uh and the samsung uh twitter uh replied and and said oh we got you you know and and obviously they have they have a map that yeah was it, they the said, watch. Uh, was it don't don't be so sad dharma yes <laughs> we can help you out yeah um which is true but but that's my point is like they could have done it that way but they decided that they preferred to cancel a product because they could not do what they wanted to do, which is basically you putting the device wherever you want it on the map, then not do what other people are already doing and have been doing for months. Yeah, I mean, so it's fascinating to me that that you know obviously they would have had you know had to kind of uh, swallow some humble pie either way. Um, but they decided to go with cancelling, and and I would expect that we'll see something um, with a different technology versus a different design. But we'll see. Yeah, I mean, if if you look at the um, 
sort of the technical drawings of it, they've got, you know, they were proposing a, like a sort of um, Olympic flag kind of. It, it looks, <laughs> you know, it looks like a yes. Celtic knot of, of charging rings. And people who know much more about these things than me have said that it's just never going to work because they're just going to heat up. They're effectively yeah. going to microwave each other. Um, so there we go. Uh, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think better to cancel it than to come out with a what is effectively just the same as everybody else, a, a mat with three or four charging coils in it. But um, I'm just surprised it took them so long. That was my thing. You'd have thought they, in, in, for, from a PR point of view, I think they should have pulled yeah. it earlier and just said, look, sorry, we announced this and we were too soon. And uh, Well, certainly not put out AirPods with the writing on the box before. You know, because if you look, obviously, the, the, you know, AirPods were ready way before because uh, they need to mass produce yeah. these things and, and all of it. But I don't, they obviously, either somebody really was not going to give up on this thing. <laughs> it was, you know, they were adamant it's going to work um, or uh, something went wrong really quickly from, you know, the moment they decided to put out AirPods with the writing and then cancelling because it's been all in the same, you know, like within a week. Yeah. So it, it seems that... I think there have been problems with the air power probably almost from the start. I guess I think it's somebody just really not wanting to give up on it because it sounds like a brilliant idea. But to be honest, I, I'm still of the I'm still of the school of thought that if you're going to lay it down on a pad, why not just stick a plug in it? <laughs> you know, if you, you might as well stick a stick a cable in the bottom of it and charge it that way. But uh, I'm I'm still waiting for true over the air power, Carolina. And I don't care if I get microwaved, all right? I don't care if I get microwaved. Just. But that's why I think, you know, a new technology, I agree with you. It's like the, the, the amount of radiations that, you know, I receive every day in whatever thing that I'm using is, well, yeah, <laughs> my brain is gone already. <laughs> but I think that that, that was, was really surprised me about Apple that, you know, she's been around for forever. And, you know, I had Nokia phones that I could put down on a lazy boy um, charger that was a pillow and uh, in charge. And, uh, you know, here we come in, in 2018 with, with Apple announcing that and it had to be spectacular to be so behind. And that's why I was surprised that they actually went with Qi versus, you know, not quite, you know, what you want to, to do, but, you know, a step closer to your vision, which is the... Um, um, I forgot now the technical name of that charging, um, but it's magnetic kind of charging Resident, where, you know, yeah, you, like, yeah. that's it. Yeah. So where you can have, you know, buying a, like a, a table or, or covering, you know, the surface of a table and put your devices on without having to worry where, you know, where um, the device is and, and if it's charging or not, because it is. So that feels more like Apple, but the technology has some, um, some drawbacks because charging is very slow um, and yeah, you still have problems with interference and all of that. And so I think that this was their idea of, okay, it's not quite like a coffee table big, but is a mat and you can put it wherever you want. And I, I agree with you with, with the, you know, stick a cable in it when is a phone or an iPad. But I have to say with the, with the watch, my bedside table now, I relegated the picture of my husband and daughter to somewhere else because I it's just <laughs> all charging stuff. Well, that um, is true. My bedside cabinet uh, is a sea of 
cables. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and that's where, you know, the ability to, especially with the watch, it's such a natural thing to do if you're not wearing it at night to just take it off and put it, you know, on a table to have a mat to put it on and and we're not quite there yet because it is a different kind of uh, charging mechanism for apple watch but that's you know and airpods is the same and so I, I think the more devices you have the more the mat makes sense but yeah i i still have cables from everywhere in the house <laughs> and um of course uh steven sinofsky um yes. put out a tweet uh and saying the only really, uh, you know, the only really unique thing about the air power was that Apple pre-announced it. And um, maybe that was a bad plan. As he says here, products don't come with lists of features you can cut, which is why product development as a reality show is a bad idea. And um, <laughs> as an ex-Microsoft guy, I think he should probably know all about that. Yes. Um, uh, Microsoft famously had some terrible vaporware um, incidents in the past. Not so much now, but certainly in the past. Right. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, shall we take a five minute break, Carolina? And you can get sure. some more coffee because I know it's god awful early where you are. Um, <laughs> and then we'll come back and we'll skim over the rest of the technology stories. Um, and then I'll let you get off. So okay. um, we'll have there's no uh, no Nemo's hardware store this week because uh, John is otherwise engaged. So after this short musical interlude, uh, Carolina and I will be back. And after that short interlude, we are back. So, um, Carolina, we've got a few stories. We don't want to dwell on them too long. Um, Apple have hired Tesla's head of electric powertrains. Um, there you go. That's their power. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, this was on Electrek, and um, one of the oh. guys in the Slack room actually uh, posted this. Um, I don't tend to pay too much uh, attention to, you know, hirings and leavings, comings and goings. Yeah. Because I've said on this... Very Silicon Valley, yeah. Well, I've, I've said on this show before that the sort of um, people we're talking about here, they're people who are top of their field and often I feel that they, they go somewhere, they do something, they take on a challenge or something they feel is interesting, they stay four or five years and then they move on to something else. Mm. Um, yeah. Or, you know, or they get a better offer. Um, <laughs> uh, so Apple has apparently hired Tesla's head of electric powertrains. Of course, that's sparked um, speculation about... New rumours on New rumours on does that mean Apple is making a car. Um, I don't want to get into that too much, but I did that did catch my, uh, my interest. Uh, it, similarly, I haven't put this in the show notes, but there are rumours that the head of the um, Apple chip 
division uh, has left. Um, although apparently his his bio still says that he works for Apple, but there are rumours that the uh, guy who developed the A yeah seven eight nine etc twelve um is going to be leaving i mean it could simply be as far as i know that he's retiring i mean he, you know i've no idea how old he is he might simply say that's enough for me i'm done <laughs> <laughs> i'm done yeah um so apparently you know going forward it's likely someone else will be uh, in charge of the a series processors but again you know they've uh, again, I, I feel that Apple have um, collected, a, you know, a quality team of top of field chip, uh, you know, designers and engineers. And I'm pretty sure that um, they will be quite capable of carrying on regardless. These sort of things don't tend to revolve around one person, much as people like to think, you know, Johnny Ive does it all. I'm pretty sure he does not. <laughs> Especially now. I, it is, you know, post jobs uh apple has become a very different company as far as um you know really working as a team versus having one superstar uh and you know just the amount of people that i uh, have access to now compared to you know 10 mm. years ago has changed quite quite a bit um and as far as specifically the silicon side of things um you know if if you uh, read uh, some of our more local news, uh, especially in something uh, Southern California uh, in San Diego, where Qualcomm is. There's definitely a lot of hiring um, that is happening there. And obviously, that given what everybody's expecting, which is Apple to be taking on also the modem part of the, of the silicon. Um, you know, you, you need different expertise and and uh, different kind of people. Um, so I I agree with you. I mean, there's I don't think there's a lot to read into. It's certainly not reading to it that you know Apple is going to be in any kind of trouble uh, when it comes to their next next um, uh, chipset release. No, not at all. I I, I just it was something that came up in the yeah. uh, in the things. Um. So, uh, let's move on. Uh, security and privacy. Uh, this is a thing, a little section I like to do. Um, MEPs have called for EU websites to be scrubbed of trackers uh, on, from the register. Actually, that headline is slightly uh, misleading. It should actually say for EU government websites to be scrubbed of trackers. Um, uh-huh. in, a, in, a, in a somewhat uh, outrageous revelation um, in a post-GDPR world, uh, it's come to light that about 83% of European government websites, uh, you know, not necessarily like .gov.uk, but, uh, you know, various things, tax uh, portals and health portals and various other uh, government websites all over Europe, by the way, um, are infested with trackers, often Google trackers. Uh, and unsurprisingly, uh, the MEPs have said this isn't exactly... <laughs> This isn't a good look, is it? We're, we're telling people with GDPR, you, you're not going to, tra- you know, you should have the right not to be tracked. Uh, government websites should most certainly not be infested with trackers. Uh, so there we go. There's not a lot to say about that, really. Um, That's actually made me think that I was, um, it's tax time in, in the UK, hmm. April, uh, in the UK, in the US, April 15 is the date. So I was checking some stuff on the IRS website, which is the, the yeah. Inland Revenue um, website. And sure enough, now that I think about it, 
next time I went on, uh, uh, I can't remember if it was Facebook or somewhere else, I, I found a TurboTax ad mm. yeah. <laughs> uh, clearly trying to, to help me out with my own taxes. So I, I guess there's something like that going on here too. There we go. Um, I can highly recommend uh, Ghostery for that, Carolina. Um, I will look into that. Yes. Ghostery.com. Um, yeah, you can figure that too. Uh, it's a free blocker and allows you to block trackers and all sorts of unpleasantness. Um, and uh, I highly recommend it. I, I really do. We've had them on the show before as well. Um, and they they also have a, a browser called Clicks, which is C-L-I-Q-Z which is uh, okay. uh, basically combines anti-tracking technology and safe searching right. and all the rest. Uh, there we go. So I'm a bit tinfoil hatted like that. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yes, Article 13 and Article 11, uh, the EU has passed the copyright directive, which will lead to a more censored internet. Um, you'll find this all over the place as well. Private Internet Access uh, posted this one. Um, I'm very sad about this, to be honest. Um, the EU did a great thing with GDPR, I think, although a lot of people moaned about it, but I think that was a very good thing. Um, and everybody seems to agree that this, you know, copyright directive um, is well-intentioned, uh, but everybody who works in tech seems to agree that it's a terrible, terrible implementation and it's going to lead to a lot of trouble. Um, the worst of which is saying, you know, a lot of sites may, might simply have to shut off um, at least the ability to upload uh, content from people who live in the EU um, in order to protect themselves from getting slammed with massive Sweet, EU yeah. fines. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> it is. It's one of those, yes, what to do, except to breathe in heavily and say, I guess we'll have to wait and see what happens because no doubt these things will be tested in courts of law and uh, they will either be, you know, found wanting and passed back to the uh, uh, EU and told to sort it out or they will not turn out to be as terrible as we thought or I don't know. Only time will tell on that but I'm pretty sure that Article 13 or 17 as it's become and 11 are not a good thing. Um, not a lot to say about that really is there. <laughs> it's uh, kind of outside my field of reference and probably yours. Um, well, shall we move on? Uh, Facebook's Zuckerberg uh, calls for global internet regulation. Uh, this is... Of course. Of course he does, <laughs> yes. I found this somewhat um, amusing, really. I, On the surface, it's it's all the right things. It, it's, you know, it, it's uh, Mark Zuckerberg saying, you know, social media has too much control and too much power and knows too much and we need people to take control. But at the same time, it smacks of saying one thing and doing another. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm just never convinced by Mark Zuckerberg. I'm afraid he does not. Yeah, I he does not come across with any sincerity. I share your skepticism. He never appears to have any sincerity whatsoever. Um, he seems to continue doing whatever the hell he likes, and then when he gets caught with his fingers in the cookie jar, he does the kind of little boy lost face, and but I didn't really know what was going on. Um, as somebody described it to me the other day, you know when you find a child who's been eating the cookies and you say, are you eating cookies? And they seem to believe if they keep their mouth shut for <laughs> 20 seconds until the biscuit crumbs have gone, they won't get caught. Um, 
But it's interesting as well that what he's calling for specifically is around um, hate and uh, um, terrorism. And so the the negative part that comes out over and over and again, and the last time was uh, for um, the sorry, very sad incident in uh, New Zealand with a, a terrorist in the mosque, um, where, you know, he live stream on Facebook the killing and that was viewed a numerous amount of time before it was taken down. And and it seems to me that he's calling out something specifically that doesn't hurt his business, is actually helping his business mm. um, if there's a, a regulation uh, around it uh, and something that clearly they can't do by themselves. Um, that's the extent to which he's actually ask, you know, saying we need to be regulated or, you know, there, there needs to be some kind of intervention. But God forbid, you know, that intervention is going to come in to limit what he can do that is to the advantage of the business model. Um, you know, it, so is it, it, he's calling for things that will help him versus hinder uh, his business, yes. which is very smart. Yeah, and also, of course, he's calling it regulations should set baselines for what's prohibited and require companies to build systems for keeping harmful content to a bare minimum. Um, it seems to me that what he's also attempting to do is to abrogate responsibility because correct, it, it almost a case of well, we didn't, you know, when the ne- when the next bad thing turns up on Facebook, he can say. Well, we weren't looking we for that. We did what we were supposed to. Yeah. You know, we weren't looking for that because you never told us not to do that. That's a kind yeah. of, yeah. you know, you can't prove a negative. It's a, it, well, we, we've blocked, I don't know, pornography and hate speech and this and that and the other. Well, what do you mean we didn't block Billy new horrible incident? You know, um, I, I, I don't know. Um, I just, I'm sorry. I have no faith in Mark Zuckerberg whatsoever. Um, and I also read another piece, which I haven't bothered to link, but it was, um, you know, Mark Zuckerberg, the lonely king at the top as his aides desert him. Um, yes, a lot of people left. Yeah, um, which is a, a strange position because it's, he, 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 in that respect, he's becoming a, a complete um, autark over, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the, the, the sort of Steve Jobs of, of Facebook. You know, there is no one, you know, no one will uh, no, there's no one to say no. Everybody, no, that's right. <laughs> and I say do this, and everybody does it, or else. Um, and it, it, from what I've read, you know, uh, I mean, the guys from uh, Instagram left. The guys from WhatsApp yep. left. Um, several early investors uh, and supporters have basically turned on Facebook. Um, I'm not sure what's going to happen there, but I, I'm pretty sure that. Uh, if Mark Zuckerberg becomes kind of king emperor, you know, god emperor of Facebook, that's only going to end very badly for him and probably uh, Facebook itself. Um, and ironically, this is this is one that broke, as you said, literally broke pretty much uh, before we came on air. Uh, the U.S. has charged Facebook with high-tech housing discrimination. Um, this was on ABC News. Um, the U.S. Uh, well, what department is it? it says here. Um, the federal government has charged Facebook with high-tech housing discrimination for misusing its vaunted ability to deliver ads with surgical precision. Um, 
Basically, they're saying that Facebook allowed landlords and real estate brokers to exclude groups such as non-Christians, immigrants, minorities, people of colour, etc., for seeing houses, uh, ads for houses and apartments. Um, it's the Department of Housing and Urban Development, apparently. Um, and that is, of course, typical of the whole, you know, that's the whole Cambridge Analytica thing again, isn't it? It's, um, they, they know so much about you um, and promise advertisers that they can surgically deliver to who they like. Uh, and the downside of that is they can also exclude anybody else they yeah. don't like um, in what appears to be a disgraceful, discriminatory manner. Um, and if that's true, I hope uh, Facebook and the... Not only Facebook, to be honest. I, I if if the if the uh, you know, anybody, yeah, yeah, but also in this case, I'm I would be hoping that the you know the Google. department would be going after the real estate brokers and landlords themselves for doing mm. such a thing. That's actually a very good point because they're the one using the service as, as such. Yeah. yeah, I mean, in in that respect, to some extent, in that in this case, I'm not sure that I particularly hold Facebook to blame. Um, you know, that's one of those you can use a you can use a hammer to drive in a nail. You can also use it to bash in somebody's head. Um, well, that's exactly the point, right? With technology, a lot of times is is the fact that you create something, and so you know you have the ability to do the opposite of what is being used for, uh, and then the choice is in uh, you know whoever is using the technology. And in this case, you, you're totally right. Is uh, it is the the estate agents and and um, landlords that are using that versus the opposite. You know they could have used it to actually show, especially in in Silicon Valley where uh, real estate is so expensive, and we're living every day uh, with the the fact that essential services, um, people working in essential services um, are moving out of the area because they can't afford it. And uh, and a lot of times those are uh, people that belong to uh, minorities. Um, but, you know, you also have, you know, anything from teachers to nurses to, you know, firefighters to, um, you know, anything that is non-tech related. Well, I mean, um, we, yeah, we have... We... You know, we've got a similar, although probably not quite so bad, situation here in the UK where people who are on what you might call, you know, average incomes, non-stratospheric, yep. uh, you know, tech industry incomes. So like you say, teachers, firemen, uh, nurses and the like, um, who are essential support staff, uh, are having to move away from London, you mm. know, um, to places like rugby or whatever, and where they're maybe an hour away by train. Yeah. Um, and even the cost of, of, of commuting and the extra Commute. time. Yeah, especially um, in the UK, yeah. Um, you know, makes means that they can continue working because um, the prices around London are just unbearable. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, a bit like your like your cat post on twitter you know <laughs> silicon, <laughs> silicon valley uh silicon valley encapsulated in a picture yeah you're either in a living in a palace or a cardboard box you can't actually afford um i wasn't quite sure which of your cats was in a palace <laughs> because a cardboard box is a cat <laughs> the one, palace <laughs> the, the one in the box yeah, yeah. she's uh yeah, she thought she had it. The other one was heavily depressed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not in. I'm not in the box. Yeah, 
But I suppose you could read it the other way. You know, the other cat is in your palace and the other one yes, is in a castle. That's true. Yeah. Whichever one, but whichever, <laughs> I thought it was incredibly apt, actually. It's uh, very, very good. Um, right. Well, we're coming pretty much to the end there. Um, I've got a couple of worth the chirps. Um, several people in the Slack room have mentioned card hop for iOS, uh, which makes contact management quick and simple. Uh, the link I've got here is from Cult of Mac. Um, yeah, I, I don't have a problem personally with the, uh, you know, the built in contacts, uh, address app on iOS, but I know a lot of people find it very lacking. Um, I don't have hundreds and hundreds of contacts, so maybe it, you know it it's sufficient for what i want but lots of people have said that it's you know it's not really very good um you probably have hundreds and hundreds of contacts so i don't i don't know what you know what do you think of the uh, inbuilt contacts app or do you not use that do you use something I else i don't use it very much to be honest with you because i because of work um this is one of the things about um the apple world is that i i think they they totally abandoned um their iWork suite and so as far as you know keeping up with innovation and and uh, um integration of of different support uh, and so I I live in in office and so all my contacts are on an exchange server for work and you know there's no work and play for me so everybody is in the same uh in the same place um, so that's that's mostly what I use. Um, there are some features of the contact app that um, I like as far as um, how they're not just displayed, but then, you know, how they're integrated. But yeah, sorry, this is Office. So Card Hop for iOS apparently makes contact uh, management quick and simple. And a lot of guys in the Slack room are um, recommending that one. Um, and Alistair uh, in the Slack room uh, who is a big Luminar user, says he found a video incredibly informative, uh, not only on the topic it claims to be about, as there are other useful tips in there. And that's uh, on YouTube, and the link is in the show notes. And, uh, well, there you go. If Alistair says it's interesting and informative and useful, I suggest if you're a Luminar user, you go and take a look. And that's pretty much it for the show, Carolina. Um... Oh, one more, one more here, just a snippet. Um, this is in the Daily Mail Online, which is a paper which I would not normally have any truck with. Um, <laughs> it's a dodgy, extremely right-wing and reactionary. But uh, mother and daughter rescued by new police tool. Um, and oh. the reason I mention this is because it's uh, it's what three words, which uh, came up on the show last week, uh, which uh, is um, a location app which divides the world up into some ludicrously large trillion three-metre-square blocks. And each yeah. one is tagged with three words. Um, and the idea is that uh, from the app or uh, from a, a, an online uh, version, if you're, if you're in an accident or something and you are confused and not sure where you are, um, you can get your location in uh, the form of three words, not a, you know, not a... Not a, not a long number of yeah, coordinates. Yeah, not a GPS yeah. coordinates. It's, it's super smart. Um, yeah. yeah, and the, this woman uh, was in an accident, went off the road, whatever, and says, you know, she was confused and shocked and uh, disoriented and couldn't remember where she was going or where she'd come from um, and was able to simply give the emergency services the 
three-word code which allowed them to pinpoint her down to, well, within about a metre and a half. Um, That's and, awesome. And her and her daughter were then, uh, you know, promptly rescued. Um, so there we go. And that's called What Three Words, by the way, and it's free for iOS and mm-hmm. um, Android and is available as a mobile website as well. So there we go. Thank you, Carolina. Pleasure. Thank you for having me. This was a, a, a nice chat. Well, there we go. Um, this is the bit where we normally uh, wind up, where you get to uh, pimp wherever places people can find your work. <laughs> Uh, as we like to say, you can promote your your online presence. Um, so take it away. I'll take it away. Well, uh, I have a weekly column on techpinions.com. And then you can find me on Twitter uh, at Caro underscore Milanesi, M-I-L-A-N-E-S-I. Uh, and um, uh, I am planning something new. Uh, which is not live yet, um, but it would be a bit of a website. It would not a bit of a way. It would be a website <laughs> <laughs> that would be more focused on the two topics that I said I'm very passionate about, which are uh, diversity and uh, education. Um, there's only that much that I think the tech opinions um, audience can bear of me um, talking about women in tech. So <laughs> I feel <laughs> I'm going to take some of that um, to to a different place. Well, no, I don't. I don't think that you know middle-aged plus white guys can uh, be told enough <laughs> about the need for diversity. And I, you know, I class myself as a middle-aged plus white guy. So, um, no, I think everybody should keep banging on about diversity of all kinds. Um, so there we go. Um, and that I think is about it. Oh yes. And before I forget, I need to, uh, offer a very special thank you to Alistair Jenks, uh, from the Slack room who sent a special donation to support the show. Um, thank you very much, Alistair. Very much appreciated indeed. Uh, I am, of course, on the Twitter as at Serenak, and that's S-E-R-E-N-A-K. Uh, the show tweets uh, very occasionally as at Essential Apple. All of our stuff is, of course, on the EssentialApple.com website. And uh, there we go. I think that's probably about it. So uh, thank you once again, Carolina, and uh, I'll let you get off and uh, we'll wrap the show up. So this is the point where we go. Goodbye. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) You've been listening to the Essential Apple podcast. And I'd like to say if you enjoy the show and would like to support us, feel free to go over to the website essentialapple.com and you will find links to both Patreon and the Pinecast Tips Jar, where you can make a donation towards the costs of the show. Uh, Or even if you're really keen, you could set up a recurring payment. And thank you very, very much to all the people who already do support us. We really do appreciate you very much indeed. This show is, of course, part of the My Mac Podcasting Network, where you can find a variety of other shows like the My Mac Podcast with Guy and Gaz, the G-Men, Tech Fan with Tim and David, the Nintendo Club Podcast, the Geekiest Show Ever, the Three Geeky Ladies, uh... 
Bart Bouchotte and his wonderful Let's Talk Apple, and possibly some more that I forgot. So why not go over to mymac.com, take a look at the available podcast, and take a listen. Hi, I'm Bart Bouchotte, host of the Let's Talk Apple podcast. Every month I gather together a panel of Apple followers and we digest the month's Apple news. Our aim is to step back and take a 40,000 foot view of all things Apple. We're the perfect complement to the many great daily news shows out there. Listen and subscribe at www.letstalk.ie. Essential Apple Podcast. Goodbye and thank you for listening.